Hey everyone, this is Larry from WSTrades.com. This podcast is about trading stocks and stock options. Any information in these podcasts should not be construed as advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Hey everybody, this is Larry and James from WSTrades.com doing our weekly podcast. How you doing, James? I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you? Good. Had a pretty good week. Yeah, for sure. I know we were talking a lot throughout the week about the different trades uh, were going on. And yeah, I know you had a really good one. You had some stuff that you went long, ripped pretty hard, I think, NIO and uh, was it X? So yeah, I got some some good news this week for sure. You want to leave this off and go over your trades you had on? Yeah, so I got into a bunch of trades. Um, so I think I only had one closing trade, and that was on space. So I got into space before they had their test flight, and then it went good, and they popped off hard. And I kind of just figured they were going to die off a little bit. So I sold, I think, around 27 bucks or something, I want to say. And then the next day, they died off like 5% or something like that. So I was able to let them die off a couple bucks, and then I went long again. I think around 25. So I was able to capture like a little more profit as they kept going up versus just hanging out and letting them sell off and then go back up. So I think that was the only closing trade um, that I had and the rest was opening. So um, for opening trades, I sold a put credit spread on EWJ. And this one is a Japan ETF. Um, I think I played them last month and went max profit. So playing them again. This one is for a July. I think all of these trades here are for the July monthly contracts. Um, I sold a call credit spread on FXI. That's the China large cap ETF. I also sold a call credit spread on ICLN, so that's the Clean Energy ETF, Um, sold a put spread on GLD, so that's gold. Um, Yeah, gold has been cooking. I want to say for May, that one burned me, and I took max loss, and I think my June is in the money because gold has just been popping off. So instead of doing the iron condor, this time I just did a put spread on them just in case they do keep ripping. It's like, well, I'll take out the kind of neutral position and take more of a a bullish take on them. So that one was a put spread. And then I also sold a put spread on IWM. So that's the Russell 2000 ETF. Um, Let's see here. I think a call spread I sold on Jets. So that's a U.S. Global Jets ETF. Um, KRE, that's a regional banking fund, sold a put credit spread there. And then playing MJ again for July, uh, this one was a call spread. And XBI, I think I've been playing this one for a couple months now. So this one is a biotech ETF. So this one was a call credit spread. And then RSX. I think I played them last month, so it's kind of a newer ticker for me, but this is a Russia ETF. So on RSX, this one actually looks like an iron butterfly I had sold on RSX. So 
Um, I think last time I maybe did an iron condor or a spread on them, but this time I went with the iron butterfly strategy because they are kind of like a lower priced um, ETF. So yeah, got into a bunch of opening trades last week and just the one closing. Nice. Uh, yeah, the only new trade I got into uh, last week was a put credit spread on KKR. And I was surprised they're not uh, very liquid, but I was able to get $10 for a uh, 50 cent wide uh, put credit spread on them. That expires in two weeks. And I did have some closing trades. Pull those up. So, yeah, I had. Uh, killer trade on X, which is United States uh, Steel. And they are, since I believe early March or late February, have just been trading off of this trend line perfectly. And they are so volatile. I just assumed I'm going to you know, get into this. I bought the um, 90 Delta call that expired in two weeks on them. And they were right at that trend line. I was like, okay, they're either going to rip up like they have before, or, you know, if they fall below that, then I'm just going to get out of the trade at, you know, a slight loss. But if they, you know, go below that trend line, they haven't done it yet. Then, you know, I'm going to get out of it. And sure enough, they just ripped hard uh, right off of that trend line, right when I got into the trade. So I ended up making, I believe it was 45% on the trade in one day so i bought it uh early i think friday no no no. when did i buy that yeah i closed that on uh friday so i bought it early thursday and closed it out friday morning for 45 percent. so super happy with that and the other closing trade i had was on uh that diagonal or poor man's covered call on nio it finished, they just started ripping hard. So uh, that finished in the money. And instead of closing out the uh, short leg of that, I just ended up letting the, uh, or closing the whole thing out for, oh man, I don't remember. It was like $200 profit on that one. So yeah, it's the only uh, closing stuff I had last week. Nice, man. I remember you were, sh- I think you sent me a pic of the chart on X saying they were about to pop, I think, the day before you got into that trade or something, or two days before you got into that trade. So, yeah, that was a really good read uh, right before it popped off of that uh, moving average or whatever you were showing me there. Yeah, there's just a just a trend line they've been trading off of. That's what I've been doing a lot of lately, is playing off of trend lines and just knowing that, you know, even if I'm doing it with options, which is leveraged, that you know if it hits this trend line and doesn't bounce like i think it's going to then i'm just out immediately like i'm not messing around it played off of this trend line for you know months and months and all of a sudden it didn't then you know i'm just getting out of it for a very small loss and then you know if it does reverse off of uh the trend line then you know great then it went exactly how i wanted it to make the money but yeah i've been doing a lot of trading off of trend lines recently and it's been working out really well nice yeah that sounds like a pretty good idea if you think they're going to respect it and then they fall through it's probably going to be a ways before they find some support so yeah good uh good idea there yeah 
So uh, what do you want to talk about the topic this week? Yeah, so I've been doing a little bit more with the Iron Butterflies. I know I've been playing UNG a lot with Iron Butterflies, I want to say since like January or something. So that's been a consistent one that I've been selling the Iron Butterflies on. And uh, I just thought it would be a good topic because I'm getting a little bit more into it with like uh, RSX, I think is an Iron Butterfly I sold this time. Sorry if you can hear those explosions going on. Apparently somebody's doing fireworks. <laughs> apparently it's only going to get worse. Apparently fourth. Well, I, I swear it's every night. No joke. Year round, there's somebody near here <laughs> every single night. I just I don't understand it. Apparently they have like some massive horde of fireworks. They <laughs> can do them every night year round. But uh, yeah. So the iron butterfly, it's uh, a neutral strategy if you're looking to sell them, which I do. I'm typically selling options versus buying them. So it's kind of similar in a way to the iron condor where, um, you know, you're giving something a range to trade within. So with the iron condor, you're going to like, you know, sell a call out of the money, sell a put out of the money, and then go buy a put and buy a call a little further out of the money on each side. With the iron butterfly, you actually match up your short strikes so by going and matching up your short strikes, you're pretty much playing most likely right at the money or very close to the money. So you're going to grab way more premium um, to open the trade, and then you still go and buy a put and a call out of the money and give it give yourself kind of a range for the thing to trade within. Um, so... The advantage, like, of the Iron Butterfly is grabbing way more credit if you're selling it up front. So that kind of gives you your defined range of where you can break even and stuff based on, you know, how the underlying moves. Um, but I can give, actually, an example here on UNG because that's one I've been trading a lot of Iron Butterflies on for a while. But I'm going to look at the July chain right now because that's what I'll be putting on next for them. And so they're trading at 10.52 right now. So probably what I'll do there is center at the 10 or the 11. And either way, it's paying about 100 bucks to sell those short strikes. So if I wanted to center my iron butterfly at 10, I would just go out and sell the 10 call for about 80 bucks. And then I would go out and sell the 10 put for around 30 bucks so grab about 110 in credit there and then go a little further out of the money and buy a call and a put just to kind of minimize the risk there and buy some protection so i might go down to like the eight put and buy that for like i don't know three or four bucks it's pretty cheap and then go up to maybe the 13 call and buy that for about four or five bucks. So I'm finding out that it's pretty similar. I like, I mean, iron condors are like my go-to trade for sure. I do them a lot, but the iron butterfly has been pretty successful for me as well, especially like on UNG. Um, and I noticed that some tickers out there just don't lend themselves really to iron condors. Like almost anything out there is going to lend itself well to like selling a put spread or selling a call spread. Um, 
But a lot of times I notice the iron condor, like the pricing doesn't like really match up the way I would like it. Like if I want to go out and sell like a one wide iron condor on something, I typically want to grab at least 20 bucks in credit to open it. And there's some tickers like UNG where it just doesn't work. Like if you go right out of the money, you might be able to grab a decent amount of credit, but like I don't always like to play that close to the money on something. So this is kind of where the iron butterfly makes more sense because you can sell your short call and your short put really close to the money and grab a fat amount of credit. And then if you kind of look at how the ticker trades, you'll be like, well, this thing is probably not going to move a dollar within 30 days just because it's typically it's low priced. Like UNG is a pretty low priced ETF. It trades around 10 bucks since I've been trading it. And then I think RSX might be in the low 20s. So um, for some of these lower priced ETFs, it's definitely something that might be a little more appealing than like an iron condor or maybe even a just a straight up like put spread or a credit you know a call spread that you want to sell on it yeah that's so i think i I may have done one iron butterfly ever so i i know the structure of it it's basically a straddle and a strangle you know put together and so when you're doing a an iron butterfly it's a neutral position if you're selling it, but instead of uh, collecting a small amount of premium and with an iron condor, a small amount of premium, and you want it to kind of trade within this range, you're collecting a large amount of premium and you're not expecting to keep it all because it'd have to stay exactly, you know, finish like you were saying on uh, UNG, it'd have to finish exactly at 10 for mm-hmm. you to keep all that premium. So you're expecting to give some back, but uh, you just want it to, to, just like an iron condor, you want it to trade within a range, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's a good point there, too. You are having that expectation that you're probably going to have to buy back one of the short legs, uh, you know, before expiration or at ex- right before expiration, maybe like expiration day. That's usually what I do. But, yeah, that's a good point. Like the iron condor, you're staying kind of away from the money. So a lot of times it can just trade within that range and you don't have to buy anything back. Your short legs expire worthless on the iron butterfly. Yeah. There's a pretty good chance that you're going to have to buy back a short leg. Um, and that's how it's been going for me with U and G. Um, but of course, every time I've played it, I've had to buy back the short leg for, for less than I collected in credit to open the position. So it's been profitable for me every single month trading the iron butterfly on them. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a good point there. And another thing is like, I don't know if we've covered this topic yet on the podcast. We may have uploaded a video about it or something. It may have been uh, taken from one of the YouTube, uh, videos, but the iron butterfly is built on like the straddle essentially. Cause if you're going to sell a straddle, you'll sell, you know, a call in the put at the same strike. And the iron butterfly, you just add wing, you know, the wings of the butterfly to it by going out of the money and buying a put and going out of the money and buying a call. So yeah, the iron butterfly is kind of built upon a short straddle, essentially, if you're going to be selling it. Okay. I got you. Yeah, that, that 
that's a really good point. Like you were saying, like there's some stuff that I've uh, looked at getting into um, a neutral play, like an iron condor or something. And there's just no volume at the, you know, out of the money legs. So, or uh, options. So it's like, you know, I don't even put anything on, but yeah, like you were saying, iron butterfly is perfect for that. I didn't even think about that before. Yeah. And that's a good point too. If you're, I was thinking more of like the premium doesn't always line up, but that's another good point. If you want to stay away from the money on something and yeah, there's just no volume there. You know, you have to go really close to the money to get a decent amount of premium. Those are the definitely the tickers that make sense to uh, use the iron butterfly strategy for sure. Nice. All right. Did you have anything? I, like I said, I'm handing this one off to you because I've maybe done one butterfly in my life. So uh, did you have anything else to talk about? Uh, no, I could just maybe go over really quick some trades I might be looking at getting into next week. Um, let me see here what I got on. I got on that MJ and the RSX last week. So coming up this week, let's see here. Yeah, XPI. So maybe XLE. I know I have a position on for June there. So might look at a trade on XLE next week. Um, XLF is another one I have on for June, but I do not have a position open yet in July. So I'll probably put on something there. And that one's kind of lower price too. It trades in the 30s. So I know I've been doing iron condors um, on XL. XLF, so I might look at the Iron Butterfly there instead. Um, another ticker I was looking at for next week is XLI, and that one trades around 100 bucks, so that one seems to still be a good Iron Condor candidate. Um, and then XLU was another one. Looks like I've got an Iron Condor on for June monthlies. That's losing value fast. It looks like I might go max profit there, so I'll probably get another trade on for uh, XLU for July. Was there any uh, thing you had your eye on for next week? Yeah, it's I, I called it out last week, and they sold off, and now they're looking even better. So I think I'm definitely going to go either a, I don't even know what the calls are paying right now, but um, HPE, and I have shares of them, but they came down on Friday and finished exactly on this uh, trend line that they've been trading off of since uh, 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 mid-March. Okay. And, I mean, they came down and touched the this trend line. So if they even think about making a move up on, well, Monday markets close, so Tuesday, mm -hmm. I'm going to either go long more shares or long uh, deep in the money call because, like I said, man, that thing is trading off of that trend line perfectly. Got you. Yeah, I'm just pulling up the uh, options chain right now and just looking at June 18, which is the monthly contracts. Um, looking at the Delta here. Yeah, like the 14 and a half call. It's got an 88 Delta, and that's, oh, that's a pretty wide bid ask spread, but that might be around 150 bucks or something. Yeah, man, there's no volume on their stuff. It's crazy. 
yeah, I guess that might be the challenge there. So yeah, there's like some crazy spread or uh, volume issue than shares. I don't know, might be the way to go if there's no option on the or no volume on the options chain. Yeah, and there's two more um, STZ, which is Constellation. Uh, what the heck are they? It's that company that owns Corona and Modelo and stuff. Okay. Um, yeah, just looking at their chart, it looks like they may, may be ready for a breakout. So I'm going to keep my eye on that one. I'm not convinced. Like they've been trading off of that 21 for a little over a week now. They kind of popped up to it. They're trading under it. You know, they'd come up and hit it and then come back down. And now, you know, for the past week, they've just been trading perfectly off of it. And, um, yeah, I don't know. This just uh, caught my eye. And then another one, man. I'm not convinced X is done. <laughs> so when I sold that, uh, my long call, I, I told you when I was doing it, because I was, you know, worried, you know, I'm going to give up some profits. Like, you know, this thing might keep running. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, they started selling off a little bit. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take my profits here off of this call. And when I did that, I went and bought the, uh the 2850 call which would be if they hit you know an all-time high then that'd be worth 100 bucks i ended up spending uh 31 dollars i believe on that so you know if they do keep running then i'm still good if not then you know i lost 30 bucks on you know that trade but i made so much on the uh that long call on last week that you know, I felt comfortable with that. I just didn't want to hold that contract and, you know, them start dying off. But, man, X usually, once they start ripping, mm-hmm. they don't stop for a while. <laughs> so we'll see. Hopefully they keep on freaking flying uh, next week. Yeah, you know what? I don't know if it was last podcast or it may have been last podcast or something. I was looking at them and... For whatever reason, I hit, like, I think the three-year weekly chart, and, yeah, they're trading pretty low, like, based on that one, because I think, was it 2018, they were as high as 48 a share, so when I kind of got the wider look at them, I was like, geez, these guys used to be trading around 50, and then for whatever reason, I just went out to the 20-year chart, I know that's a ways back, but... They were at like 196 at one point, and then they had this massive dump. I guess that was during the real estate stock market crash of like 08 or something. They had this huge collapse, and they've never really gotten near those levels again. But like, I guess in 2010, they were up around 70. So they've had these areas definitely where uh, they've been a lot higher. Um so, yeah, kind of looking at it right now, they're definitely, even on this crazy long chart, they are still above, I guess it's the 21 EMA I have on my chart right now. But, yeah, they're definitely staying above that thing and just they've been playing that. Let me see back to the three-year chart. Since October, they broke out above that on the weekly, I guess, and they have not went below it. So, I mean... Yeah, if you got a feeling they're still going to go up, I mean, they definitely have been above that 21 EMA on the weekly since, like, October. So, yeah, man, they've been ripping. Yeah, and I think they started flying last week because of the uh, 
infrastructure deal they're trying to get through. Mm-hmm. So them and another steel company just went freaking nutty because they assume, you know, the government's going to pay $10 trillion for, you know, a single stick of iron. <laughs> X back to 196, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, we're going to about 496 now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Volume, the hyperinflation. Yeah, X will be worth <laughs> 3,000 bucks a share soon enough. <laughs> but yeah, they're definitely been above that and have not went below that since freaking October. So yeah, on the weeklies, it's definite uptrend for sure. Yeah, and that's all I had. I was looking at. Cool. All right, man, did you have anything else you want to go over? Um, no, I was looking at, you said the other one was that STZ company, right? Constellation Brands. I was kind of looking at their chart a little bit. Yeah, they're ripping too. They kind of came down and I guess March 1st, they, the price had pushed below the 21, but then the buyers rammed it back up and kind of made a doji and they've been blast, still blasting off since then. Uh, I'm looking at the weekly chart right now. So the weekly is definitely looking really bullish. When I go to the daily, it's kind of a little more sideways and you kind of see like a little more consolidation coming in, but that's only, um, I guess it's kind of looking since January, they touched around 240, kind of hit it again, hit it again, but they're still above on the daily. They still finished above the uh, 21 EMA. So, it looks like they had like four red days in a row last week, I guess. Maybe Tuesday, when, or yeah, I mean, I guess that'd be Monday. Yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are all red candles. And then, yeah, Friday, they just blasted off. So that definitely kept them above the 21 on the daily. Yeah, I think that's what kind of got me looking at is them trading off of that 21 where you're seeing, you know, yep. decent sell offs, but it right. just, not getting you know they're not letting it go below that uh monthly average so like i say hopefully i'll keep an eye on it i might do the uh poor man's covered call on these guys gotcha cool man i think that's all i had okay all right well thank you guys for listening all right james i'll catch you later man all right catch you later Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the WS Trades podcast. If you are not subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe. Also head over to YouTube and search for WS Trades. You'll find us there as well. We've got trading updates as we make our trades over there and also educational videos. You can learn about different strategies within the stock market and options trading. And also please head over to WSTrades.com. Thanks again.